Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Penny Peep Show. Mysterious invitation, an unknown host, ten strangers trapped in a remote mountain lodge. Ms. Delphine Diamandis. I could spill everyone's dirty little secrets if I saw this. Colonel Lionel Gale. I've survived wars. Whatever foolery this is, holds no fear for me. Miss Holiday Howard Hudson. Lay a finger on me and I'll kill you. Mr. Grayson Kelly. I won't let anything get in the way of my having a good holiday. Mr. Petey Reed. I always get mine. Get in my way, and you'll get yours. Mrs. Peggy Park. I've got a brick, and I'm not afraid to use it. Mr. Dimitri Volk. I'm good with sword. Would you like to see my sword? Mrs. Veronica. Buckle up, boys. We're in for a hell of a ride. It's a case for the celebrity private investigator, Mr. Montgomery Griffin. Someone did something to someone for some reason. And his sidekick, Miss Sidney Sparrow. And we are going to crack the case. Four. Dead. Six remain. Finding the killer will be a process of elimination. Midday. The lounge. The remaining guests discuss the latest murder whilst examining the latest victim. She's dead. And another check mark in the this is no longer a holiday column. But how? But she was fine only minutes ago. If I had to guess how, poisoned liquor. I suppose I'll see to Mr. Pointy. He's come off the wall again. Is it more poisoned liquor or same poisoned liquor as the one that killed Mr. Reed? That bottle wasn't left out, was it? There we go, Mr. Pointy. Mr. Griffin. Good as new. As our investigator, surely you locked away the poisoned bottle of scotch. Look, it's been a long time between cases. So what if he's a little rusty? What do you mean, so what? People are dying. Tell the truth, Mr. Griffin. Have you any idea who is killing people? The truth. You want the truth, Colonel? The truth about the murders, yes. Not your truth? Other truths may not be relevant. Not even the truth regarding Betty Fay Wanderer? Ah, on the shelf. All the books. She's the author of La Costa, isn't she? There's no such person as Betty Fay Wanderer. Then who wrote the book? On all correspondences with her publisher, she writes a return address, an address in Marrakesh. Don't you live in Marrakesh, Colonel? You are Betty Fay Wanderer? No, I think they're neighbours. Yes, I am Betty Fay Wanderer. <gasps> what a twist! I've had some success in publishing before. Books of men in uniform, smooching gorgeous women, backhanding rude natives, and smooching and backhanding 
attacking rude and gorgeous native women. I wasn't flush, but it was enough to get by. Enough to cover your mustache, wax, and bacon expenses. Exactly. But eventually, people lost interest. Old-fashioned, my publisher said. Well, I'm a practical man. I went to a bookshop, took stock, and assessed. Have you seen the dribble they publish these days? I blame women. They'll lap anything up and pay good money to do so. So you wrote a book for women. And finally found a use for my degree in classics. Are we expected to believe, Colonel Gare, that you wrote a compelling female protagonist? I'm not saying it was easy. I had to imagine what it would be like if a woman had the intelligence and inner complexity of a man. My greatest literary challenge to date. So yes... I am Betty Fay Wanderer, named for my mother and my favourite football team. This means just about everyone had a reason to kill that director. The Colonel in revenge for his book being ditched. Careful. The Russian for whatever blackmail was taking place. I don't like men, but didn't kill Mr. him. Mr. Kemp in defence of his girlfriend. She was a lovely girl, but I wouldn't call her that. And then Miss Howard Hudson, who had no motive beyond looking after her granny. And look how that turned out. Ah, but her grandmama, a Violent lady, protecting her livelihood and her maternal affection for misfortune. Mr. Reed and Ms. Veronica, the producers who lost their project. And the gossip columnist, Miss Delphine Diamandis. Did she have a motive? Perhaps not, but if anyone knew any sordid details... And she threatened the entire party her first night here. She was begging to be murdered. Do you feel better about yourself? Making everybody squirm? And make everyone very confused. Uh... Very confused, You were right the first time. <laughs> All I know is that I'd feel better after a spot of lunch. Early afternoon. A paltry lunch is served to the uneasy guests in the dining room. And for you, Mr Kemp? Thank you, Miss Sparrow. This looks delicious. It's only sandwiches. Delicious-looking sandwiches. I don't know if I'm in the mood to eat. Given there's a poisoner amongst us. And they've killed four people. Five, if include Colonel Lee. So what was it? One on the stairs? One with the poison. Two with the poison. No, stop. Let's go by chronology. Would a method be simpler? Stop this. Miss Howard Hudson, where are you going? I can't just sit here and listen to everyone bicker about who killed who with what and when and where and with what. And where? I need to be doing something. She makes a good point. I should try and get some exercise. I always have a clear head after I work up a bit of a sweat. Thank you again for the sandwiches, Miss Sparrow. I might explore the liquor cabinet. Perhaps there'll be some unopened bottles. You want to be drunk at a time like this? I certainly don't want to be sober. Mr Volkov, will you join me? Oh, very nice. I join you. So, what now, boss? Hmm? Oh, I don't know. Miss Howard Hudson seems to have gone off me. That may just be the murder of her grandmother in the scot-free state of the killer. That's a turn-off for a lot of women. Perhaps I should solve the murders, then. I definitely recommend that, boss. Just in general. Hmm. Come on, boss. Deliver your catchphrase. Riddle out the murders and maybe Miss Howard Hudson will come around. Deliver my catchphrase? Give it a go, boss. We're going to... The move isn't my first choice, but we all agree the bottle is sealed, yes? That's right. Do you mind? I'm cracking a case here. We're having drinks. And the study is locked with a whole assortment of guns in it. And my sword. And the lounge is occupied. By dead bodies. Which is hardly what you want to rest your feet atop when sipping neat vermouth. Fine. You make merry here, I'll be in my room. Cracking that case, boss. <sighs> cracking that case, Sid. Squat, thrust. Squat, thrust. Squat, thrust. <sighs> And now for a cold glass of water, and I shall open the window to cool down. Ah, bracing! But what's this? 
Someone is out there in the weather, heading to the lookout, or perhaps the cable car station. Why would they do such a thing? Hmm. Oh. Why, Miss Sparrow, what are you doing standing in the hallway holding a hot cup of tea? I was walking through the hallway to give this cup of tea to the boss. What a thoughtful chauffeur you are, if you'll excuse me. Where are you going? I saw someone heading to the cable car, and I thought, golly, whoever can it be? And I thought I might go and find out. Why, is that not allowed? No, y- you can do whatever you like. Thank you. Only... Only what? Perhaps you'd like to put on some clothing first. Before you go outside, in the blizzard. Ah, see? This is why you work with a private investigator. I'll grab my coat. Late afternoon, Mr Montgomery Griffin's room. His assistant, Miss Sidney Sparrow, visits the investigator bringing tea and advice. Knock, knock. I brought you a nice cup of tea. Are you brooding out the window for investigative purposes? Mm. I ran into Mr Kemp on the stairs. I think he was heading to the cable car station. That's where Miss Howard Hudson has gone. I saw her mid-brood. I'll put the cup of tea down here. So, the investigating. How's it going? Ready to monologue to the assembled suspects whilst leaning on a mantelpiece? She doesn't like me at all, does she? What? Who? Miss Howard Hudson! Am I being stupid? Am I allowing the investigation to be derailed by my lust for a beautiful woman? Those weren't rhetorical questions. You do have a tendency to let beautiful women get away with murder. Remember that lady who beat her niece to death with that pumpkin? Ah, sweet Emily. The one who pushed you down a well. And what about that lady who strangled those scientists? You believed her weak thumbs defence. Ah, Jemima. The things she could do with those thumbs. (laughs) Well, you know she strangled you for a bit as well. Maybe you should stop dwelling on Holiday Howard Hudson's fiery spirit and doe-eyed claims of innocence. Focus on the other guests. Specifically Miss Mr. Amanda's, Mr. Reed, Mrs. Parker, and Ms. Veronica. The dead ones. Maybe figure out how that happened. Enjoy the cup of tea. Just give a shout if you need another pep talk. At the cable car station, Mr. Kemp discovers a wary Miss Howard Hudson. Who's there? Stay back! Hello, Miss Howard Hudson. No, thanks. I don't want a spanner. I'm not offering you a spanner. I'm threatening you with it. Why would you do that? Why are you here, Mr. Kemp? Uh, I saw you trudging out here by yourself, and I thought, from the little I know of Miss Howard Hudson, she's not the sort of person to sit around and wait for things to happen. She's out doing something. And if she's doing something, Grayson, you lazy devil, why aren't you? So, here I am. How do you know I'm not about to brain you with this spanner? I've decided to trust you. You're the only person who is absolutely certain Isadora Fortune didn't murder that chap. If you were the murderer, you'd be quite happy to leave it pinned on someone else. I also know I've done nothing to warrant being murdered. Neither have I. I also know the killer is someone with intelligence, nefarious intent, and is deceiving us all, and I'm not convinced you're capable of any of those things. As such, I suppose I can trust you too. Good. I've come out here to fix the cable car. Ah, tough job. It's thoroughly smashed. I'm somewhat mechanically minded. I thought I would give it a go, and I detest the thought of sitting idle. (gasps) I can pass you tools, and nod agreeably when called upon, if that will be of any use to you. It may well be. Good. Mmm, yes. What are you doing? Nodding agreeably. Just a sample of things to come. Early evening, Colonel Gare and Mr. Volkov share vermouth and misery in the dining room. You know, it's bloody awful the way you were treated by those film people. You two, your book is good book, and director treat you rotten. He rather had his murder coming, didn't he? 
I had never tell what director, Turner Lee, what he know of me that keeps me in movies with no lines. Because of your English? No, because of a horrible truth. I now tell you in feeling of brotherhood. Go on, then. I have stomach issues. Delicate stomach. Cannot have too much rich food. That is why farting. I see. And smell. I said I see. That is why we say light a match. It hides the smell. Ah, I see. Thank you. You're very welcome. My story is of years ago. I was in movie. One of Turner Lee's? No, but he was on set. Assistant to director or cinematographer or chief grip. I, I don't know. Uh, he was there? Uh, he was there. On this day was sword fight. We ching, ching, ching with blades. Run upstairs. More fighting and then jump. Swing on chandelier. Kick evil man and grab leading lady and ding dong. Happy ending. That sort of thing. Ding dong, yes! Only this day my stomach is very unhappy. Craft service. It only have rich food. Creamy that, cheesy whatever. I eat because I'm hungry. But then my stomach, it hurts. I say to director, please, I don't feel too good. Give me five minutes in private trailer. He say no. Who do I think you am? So, I, I do fight. We ching, 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 run upstairs, jump, grab chandelier, but as I swing, it happens. Oh, no. I pull myself. Not only pull myself, swing on chandelier. It spray through trouser, onto set, onto evil man, onto leading lady. And I am there, hanging from chandelier, crying. Ooing. Good God. Director yells, cut, set cleared, but too late. I know, I know. Now, there is film, but directors say destroy it. I poo in leading lady's mouth. That is good for no one. Only, it is not destroyed. Turner Lee, he keeps it, and says if I do not cooperate, then he released the film. Cooperate? I did, because if people see me poo, they would never accept me as movie star. Worst part is, I would have been in movies without blackmail, even with no lines. I strongly feel that that is not the worst part. Having said that, as one man to another, your secret is safe with me. <sighs> oh, it works! In the cable car station, Miss Howard Hudson and Mr. Kemp continue repairs on the damaged control panel. Pass me that wrench. This one? No. This one? No, I'll just... <sighs> Got it. I'm glad I could be here to help you. So, how well did you know Miss Fortune? Apropos of nothing? Apropos everything that's happened, Mr. Kemp. A fair point, and the answer is somewhat. Somewhat what? I somewhat knew her. We went out a handful of times, always to public places where photographers found us. She was sweet and nice and very passionate about acting. Do you think her capable of murder? <laughs> I don't think anyone's capable of murder. And yet people are murdered. I know. It's very alarming. How did you know Miss Fortune? I met her through my grandmother. I thought her lovely. And of course I was grateful to her. Not many people would retain the service of an aged brick-wielding makeup artist. But it kept Grandmama going. She was much like me. She needed to be out in the world doing things. Hitting people with bricks. Exactly. You know your way around a thingy. The 
broken, you know, thingy. Thank you. How did you get so good? My father was a mechanic, and I was always rather taken by machines. When the Great War left father's hands too weak to work, I would help out. How modern! And every girl should know how to change her oil, swap out a tire, or remove a sticking heat riser manifold with wet runners. Of course. But this cable car shall be a challenge. You can do it, Miss Howard Hudson. I believe in you. <laughs> what would I do without you, Mr. Kim? <clears throat> Hello, Mr. Griffin. Mr. Griffin. Dinner is almost ready. When you two have finished with each other, perhaps you'd care to join us. Hopefully we are finished, Mr. Griffin. You fix it? Perhaps. Let's give it a go. Hooray! Oh, damn it. Time well spent, then. <sighs> Looks like I'll be starting again. But first, dinner! The dining room that evening. The guests gather for a tense meal and even tenser conversation. Mmm, this looks delicious, Miss Sparrow. What is it? It's polo on creme, chicken in a cream sauce. Oh. It's far too rich. Can't you wash a bit of the cream off or something? I think we've all had enough of this heavy food. It, nice of you, Colonel, but I don't think I eat anyway. There is killer. That's right, there is killer. Stick to drink. Stick to drink. Yes. Are you eating, Miss Howard Hudson? There's a poisoner on the loose and no one's doing anything about it. So no, I'm not eating. Perhaps if we knew what was going on in the least. If uh, Detective Sheriff... I can't tell you because I don't know, all right? I merely suspect. I can't reveal what I suspect because then those responsible will know. And if they suspect what I suspect I know, then who knows what will happen. I can, however, tell you what I know. I think that's what everybody wants. It was Sid who wanted to set this weekend up. A brace of crooks for me to round up. She didn't know that I'd picked people who were close to the murder of Turner Lee. You'd been in a mood for months, boss. I thought a chance to crack those cases. How fortunate for me that you were all despicable people with dark pasts. But why investigate a case that's already closed? Because it stank to heaven of injustice. And because the suspected killer was a beautiful woman. Irrelevant. While women may arouse me, it's justice to whom I make love. Ugh. And women. Justice and women. And what criminal pasts are you talking about? Take Ms. Delphine Diamandis. Her blackmail drove more than one person to the brink and more than one person over it. I look forward to finding out your juicy secrets. I'm something of a collector, you see. Mr. Reed, well, he may not have told us exactly what he did, but he certainly implied it. I probably know the ins and outs of murder better than anyone here. Mrs. Parker, I'm afraid, may have been a proud wielder of masonry in her dotage. Quick holiday, my brick. The brick ready. Ready, the brick. Would you like a brick, holiday? I brought my brick with me. That's all I'm saying. Could I have my brick back? But that was nothing compared to her youth. More than one man found in a shallow ditch with a dent in his skull in her past. Miss Veronica? Do you really think that her three husbands all died in increasingly unlikely circumstances under the nose of her next husband? Yes. She was such a nice lady. And that brings us to those sitting at this table. Colonel Gare served in the military. In Africa! The Second Boer War! What of it? Scorched earth, ring any bells? He started fires? If only. Not to mention the soldiers he incompetently ordered to their demise. They knew the risk of enlisting. And then, Mr. Dmitry Volkov, where to begin? Killed someone with sword. There, I guess. But not just one someone. Killed few people. Sometimes in training, the accidents happen. Ah, what can you do? Apparently flee the country and change your name. Your name isn't Dmitry Volkov? I changed for movie. Real name is Vlacheslav Biznesnik. Oh, I changed for movie too. Mr. Kemp sabotaged one of his competitors in the league up to his victorious Olympic performance. The Dutch skier Henrik Speck died after losing control of his skis and colliding with a tree. Speck 
It's Dutch for bacon. So? I put bacon in his skis. I thought it would be funny. And that leaves Miss Howard Hudson. Yes. What did the little psychopath do? Nothing. What? She had to come if we wanted Mrs. Parker. And she's a beautiful woman. Irrelevant. What is relevant and has aroused deep suspicion in me has been Miss Howard Hudson's conduct whilst here. Her threatening to kill people. No. Her insistence in showing no interest in me whatsoever, even though I'm an intelligent, attractive single man. Inexplicable. Excuse me if the murder of my grandmother and the scot-free state of the killer put me off the concept of courting. I still have my suspicions. I have my suspicions of all of you. So, we must keep our guard up. And drink. Cheers! No, I'm not having it. It's interfering with my investigation. What investigation? I've had enough of boozed soaked lushes on this alpine jaunt. I'm confiscating all the liquor and locking it up with the weapons. Spoil sport. Shut up. In the hall, Miss Holiday Howard Hudson catches up to Mr. Grayson Kemp. Mr. Kemp, shall we return to the cable car? To fix it? What else would we be doing? Good point. I must confess I'm not entirely sure that I'm providing you any real help. I appreciate the company. This place, these people, the dead of night. I'd rather not be alone. Then let us repair the cable car. And by us, I mean you. There, all your booze under lock and key. No drinking? No, no drinking. It's like being back in boarding school. The food was dreadful back then as well. <sighs> May as well get an early night. Oh, it's true. Didn't sleep wink last night. That was a perfectly good chicken dinner that went to waste. I don't know why I'm bothering. Ugh, you're not the maid, Sid. Stop caring. What was that? Miss Howard Hudson and Mr. Kemp are going back to the cable car station to fix it, they allege. At dinner, you said you couldn't tell everybody what you know, or what you suspect. You couldn't tell the suspects everything you know. I did. Can you tell me? I am only beginning to know what I suspect, Sid. Or do I suspect what I know? Wait, I've confused myself. Right. Well, I best get on with the cleaning up. Those dishes won't wash themselves. God, I hate myself. You're not the maid, Sid. <laughs> There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The Ancient and Esoteric Order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold. Hello, friends! Creator of the podcast, Kieran here. Thank you for listening to the fifth and penultimate episode of A Process of Elimination. That's right, we are careening toward a finale. Listening right alongside of you is my father. I asked him who his current top suspect for the murders were, and he thinks it was Miss Isadora Fortune that killed Ms. Veronica's husbands. Now, I know it's good etiquette to let the audience have their own headcanon, but father, no! If that's the conclusion you have arrived at, then I can only apologize for how misguided I have allowed you to become. But don't worry, all will be revealed by the end of the next episode. If you have your own theories on who did what to who and where and when and why, then there are lots of ways to share them in the episode description. While you're there, why not slap a review on whatever podcast listening app you use? Go on, it makes us feel all warm inside. That's it from me, I'll let you get back to the episode. Thanks again for listening. Bye.
done. Everything's spick and span for tomorrow. Ugh, stop caring, Sid. What was... Hello? Who's there? I'd prefer it if you didn't choke me unconscious. Or brain me with an ornamental doorstop. Well, I'm going to bed now. At the cable car station, Miss Howard Hudson and Mr. Kemp near the end of their repairs. <sighs> I think that's done it. Time to give it a test run. Mr. Kemp? Sleeping. <sighs> Let's see. Oh, do you need a wrench? I didn't mean to wake you. How goes the repair? I've done it. It's fixed. When this damned blizzard blows itself out, we can get off this wretched mountain. Well, it hasn't been much of a holiday, it's true. What time is it? Late. Very late, I should think. Practically morning. Hmm. Then I wonder who the other night owl is. Look, someone's turned on a light in the lounge. On the first floor landing, an unusual sound rouses the house's sleeping occupants. Mr. Volkov or whatever. Good morning, barely. What happened? I heard a peculiar noise. Uh, so did I. Boss, is that you? I heard a peculiar noise. <gasps> so did I. Morning! What's going on? I heard a peculiar noise. So did we. I think it's safe to say we all heard a peculiar noise. So did I. What was all that ruckus coming from your room, Colonel? I was dragging the bed frame away from the door. Well, don't. You'll scratch the floorboards and we'll lose our deposit. Uh, excuse me. I thought there was a murderer abroad. The broad is murderer? Probably. I said so after the first one. Focus, gentlemen. We must investigate that peculiar noise. Grab what weapons you have and we shall proceed downstairs. Right. I said grab weapons. What are these? A vase of dry flowers. It's a jug. It's painting with pointy corners. I confiscated all the weapons, didn't I? Come on. Ow! Careful with that painting. You'll have someone's eye out. That's the point. Look. Someone's busted open the door to the study. Where our weapons are. Come out with your hands where we can see them. Nothing. No one. What do? Sid, go and see if there's anybody in there. <sighs> what? She works for me. There's no one in here. Oh. Looks like they busted open the door with this ornamental doorstop. A close call for you then, Sid. They've left the guns too. And my sword! Oh, how I've missed you, my friend. Put that down, Mr. Volkov. Oh, okay. What's the time? Nearly seven, boss. Get started on breakfast, would you? <sighs> so, someone broke into the study to do nothing? Perhaps they heard us coming. And we scare them off. I'm sure the dried flowers gave them particular pause. <laughs> Fix me a drink, Sid. No, I'm not going to solve the case, Sid. Ugh, what's that smell? What's that? Girls in trouble? Put that sword down. Oh. Come on, to the kitchen. Yes, we check on girl. Uh, you go ahead, and I'll stay behind to guard the firearms. 
boss. What's the problem, Sid? Is it breakfast related? The whole kitchen is filled with gas. It wasn't me. What's all this racket? Someone's been into the kitchen and left the gas running. An easy mistake to make, I'm sure. Where have you been? You all snowy. They've been fixing the cable car all night. Shouldn't we be focusing on the gas? It wasn't me. I mean turning it off. Good idea. Off you go, Sid. Yes, boss. <laughs> Smells awful. Yeah, what a <laughs> Open the windows. Oh. Get the air flowing. Here we go. And another. Hurry up and get out of there. <laughs> you can't breathe in here. I feel like a church kick. <laughs> that was me. Oh. What? It's stressful situation. Well, light a match, damn it. The gas will clear in a minute or so. But who left it running in the first place? Perhaps the same person who smashed open the door of the study. What are you... Yes, my beauty. If any murderers come near me, they'll be blasted by enough buckshot to fell an elephant. What was that? And where did the sword go? A process of elimination featured the voices of... Jacqueline Osorio as Miss Delphine Diamandis. Andrew James Spooner as Colonel Lionel Gare. Rhiannon Marshall as Miss Holiday Howard Hudson. David Moss as Mr. Grayson Kemp. Matt James as Mr. Peter Reed. Catherine Jones as Mrs. Peggy Parker. Stephen Jobson as Mr. Dimitri Volkov. Lucy Clough as Ms. Veronica. Kieran Davy as Mr. Montgomery Griffin. Rosie Williamson as Miss Sydney Sparrow. And... Dan Pye as the narrator. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.